In today's episode of the Neil Wilkins podcast, we are going to explore the topic of consistency and actually the power that you can get if you are consistent. I'm joined by Kevin Palmieri, who is the CFO founder and co-host of a podcast called Next Level University, which is a global top 100 self-improvement podcast. They don't come much better than this. It has over 1,450 episodes and has reached close to a million people in more than 150 countries. So if anybody knows something about consistency, then it is Kevin. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Neil, thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. Thank you for having me. We had a little discussion behind the scenes and like I said, two peas in a pod today. I think so. And this is going to be really interesting because I'm on a journey here with podcasting. Before we kind of get into the consistency bit, I, I just want to pick your brains and find out how can you get, and I'm sure everybody's thinking, how can you get to 1,450 episodes? I mean, it is relentless, isn't it? It is. It is. We are set up in a different way where besides my own health and well-being, the well-being and health of my family, the podcast is number three. It is a priority and I cancel other things for it. It, it really takes a spot in my calendar every week and it's not allowed to get rescheduled. So it's been a very, very important priority to us from the very beginning, but it's all based on the ultimate goals that we have long-term. And we're also very blessed to have a, a very good level of clarity. I didn't realize how much clarity was a superpower until I started talking to other individuals who weren't as privileged to have the level of clarity we have. So that's another big reason as to why we don't miss. Yeah, that clarity, did did that come from within or, or is that something that you kind of learned was kind of the key to the success of this? Or was it kind of innate in you? Is it part of your DNA? Maybe to some degree. I come from a fitness background and anybody in fitness understands that consistency is it. And if you really want to make or facilitate changes physically, you have to show up in and out to do it. So yeah, that's a big piece of it. But my business partner also is someone who has a very deep understanding of math. I didn't like math. I did not do well at math in school and I didn't really value math. And he's really helped me understand the compound effect and exponentials and how things really start to work out when you're consistent. So I would say it's twofold. I've learned a lot from him about the importance of consistency. He helps me stay accountable and consistent. I help him as well. And then we're both fitness people. So we understand if you don't put anything in, you don't get anything out. And unfortunately for the, for the vast majority of time, even when you put in 100%, you only get 10% back. The only way to make that number get higher is to put in more effort for a longer period of time. So I think it's probably a mix of both of those things. Mm, we, we've all heard, and I guess, you know, back in the day, some of us might have even fallen into the trap of the gym membership that you, <laughs> you pay in January every year. And you think, yeah, this is my year. And then by come sort of February time, maybe, maybe if you really push it early March, you're kind of not going. And it's yeah. kind of that fall off effect, I think, just affects so many people, doesn't it? And when, and when there's kind of, you know, the world that we're in at the moment, which is very much based in chaos, I guess, isn't it, for, for a lot of people, 
being consistent and kind of getting that sort of discipline that you talk about there. I mean, you know, the fitness side of things and, and sports in general, I guess, you know, you cannot be successful. You cannot enjoy it to the level that you could aspire to unless you have that consistency. But most people, I guess, at the moment, really are on the back foot. Are you, are you seeing this? feels like everybody's kind of in defense at the moment. Nobody's really kind of pushing forward, are they? Well, few few examples of it. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that. And if, Another interesting thing is as of the time of this recording in the U.S., it's going from summer to fall. Summer is an off season for many of us in terms of our own growth. And I understand maybe the kids are out of school. We're doing vacation. We're doing family stuff. There's more celebration. The weather's nice. But we notice a drastic downturn in listens in the summer and a drastic uptick as fall starts. And I think that's a piece of it as well. I think a lot of it is seasonal. But yeah. We have an incredible opportunity with technology. The barrier to entry for improvement is the lowest it's ever been, but with more technology and opportunity comes more distraction and more discipline is required. And when the barrier to entry for something is low, the failure rate is also very high. So podcasting is a great example. It's not hard to start a podcast anymore. It is harder than ever to continue a podcast. The barrier to entry is really low, the attrition rate has a lot of people, unfortunately, not surviving. So, yeah, I think to a degree we're on a back foot. I, I do believe that. But I also think that when it comes to consistency, we have two Ds. We have discipline and we have design. Discipline is saying every single time I know I should do something, I'm going to do it. Design is saying I'm going to make discipline a little bit easier. So, for us, every Monday, you cannot book me on my calendar. You can't book me on a show. I'm not interested in doing coaching calls. That's when we record. So by design, that makes the discipline a little bit easier. And I think if we understood that, if you want to be more disciplined, put your phone away. If you want to be more disciplined, you know, unplug your TV when you know you shouldn't be using it. That type of stuff, I think, will allow us to design our environment better, and it'll make that discipline a little bit easier. Mm, I think I would like to get into this. I mean, I had a an idea before we started the conversation of the kind of direction I wanted to go in this, but we're going off in a direction I, got, I find irresistible. I, I can't okay. not go here now. So one of the things there that you talk about, this this idea of, of kind of the design of, um, I guess, life. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be even professional, does it? It could be personal. with that blend of personal and professional. Do, do you think that if people are either innately and naturally planful, being consistent is easier? So if, if you're not a sort of, you know, highly spontaneous person, but you like the itinerary, you like to know what the plan is, you want to look at your calendar for the upcoming week, you'd rather that it wasn't completely spontaneous, that actually being consistent is easier. Do, do, you, do you find that that is a, almost a natural way? Because there's some interesting kind of spin-offs from that, if that's true. Do, do you find that? I would say so, because I believe one of the barriers stopping many of us for being consistent, I had this in the beginning, is I felt constricted by the regimen. So now I know I have the same habits every single day. I track the same habits every day, Monday through Sunday, it's all the same. There is less question about what should I be doing. If, very rarely do I wake up and say, ah, what should I do today? Going back to that clarity. So yeah, I think that if you have the level of clarity to say it's on the calendar, it's 
in my notebook, it's on an index card, it's on the whiteboard, whatever, it's in my emails, whatever it may be, I think it makes it a little bit easier because you're more proactive than you are reactive. And you can kind of prepare yourself for stuff. Imagine a day where you wake up and you have no idea what you're doing and then you just have to react to a bunch of different stuff. We've all had those days. Or imagine a day where you wake up, you check your calendar and you say, okay, I'm chatting with Neil today at 1.30. Okay, I have three calls before that. I think it allows you to move the pieces a little bit better. So yeah, I would say that. I think that is very, very accurate. And I think one of the blocks for a lot of us is the regiment part. I don't want to be so regimented. I don't want to have to be at a certain time. Or sorry, I don't have to be at a certain place at a certain time. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. What I have found is being regimented creates more space. It just doesn't seem like it in the short run. And once you get it down, you can see how you can move between the noise and the silence a little bit easier. I can remember, actually, the way you describe that, actually, I remember back many, many years ago, I mean, really many years ago, uh, going on a training day with a guy who came into a business I was working for at the time. Um, and it was all about time management. And I guess this is kind of partly what we're talking about here. And, and he, he had this system. I can't even remember what it was called now. It's so long ago. But the system was literally you would block from the minute you woke in the morning, you'd block your whole day to the, the moment you were going to go to sleep at night in 20 minute blocks. And we had these little folders and you had to literally write down what you were going to do. So if you had to walk the dog, if you had to sit down and have some food, if you had to do this. And I can remember the feeling in the room was no way. Yeah. There is just no way I'm going to do this. I'm going to feel like I'm just in this, in these shackles and it's going to be really constricting. But for me, as a really planful person, I love itinerary. I love, you know, <laughs> love being planful, love, love to know what my schedule is. It was kind of, it was, it was overkill, but it was really interesting because I just felt there's probably a middle ground here that I want to leave a little bit of flexi time such that, yeah, something crops up during the day. I might just want to be flexible, but the vast majority of it, I don't want to think. I just want to do. And I, and I found over the years, I can consume so much more activity by just having these blocks of time that allow me to just produce and again like you with the, the podcast and a lot of people have said you produce so much stuff you do so many things and I think well it's not actually being clever it's just about blocking these moments of time and remembering to block spontaneity time so you know it's almost like you're planning your spontaneity it's a bit strange if you're a really spontaneous person but it kind of works doesn't it yeah I I really think of it this way if you I was talking to our our CPA the other day and think of it this way. My CPA is going to say, hey, where did all the money go? Itemized. I want to know how much you spent here, how much you spent here, how much you spent here, how much you spent here. That's reactive. I could get the moment of, oh my goodness, I really wish we didn't do it in that way versus being very, very, very regimented with tracking every dollar we spend. Proactively. Oh, okay, we spent X amount last month. All right, let's try to spend X amount this month. I really look at it that way with your schedule. We're all very busy. And there's a lot going on for all of us. But if you know, to your point, Neil, that for an hour today, I'm going to do this. Okay, my next hour looks like this. The hour after that looks like this. Maybe one of those hours is walking the dog or going to the gym. I go to the gym every morning. That's blocked off. That's in there. So I do believe design is one of the most underutilized things. We're really good at designing homes and we're really good at designing 
uh, fun, unique experiences and birthday parties and, and maybe family reunions. But when it comes to our days, unfortunately, they often get away from us. And I, I think design is a big reason why. Mm, this is really resonating with me. I, I, I'm just I'm feeling it as well as thinking it. And I think it comes back to me that it's about not overthinking this stuff, isn't it? That there's a lovely simplicity with the mm. way you're describing this. It's not complicated, but it is discipline. And it is about sitting with yourself and reflecting what's important to me. I mean, I, I just love the the way that you described your, your podcast as being it's the number three priority, you know, and, and it's there. It's on the list. It is super, super critical that you devote attention, time and energy to it. But it's, it knows its place. And I, I guess another kind of example is, um, you know, there are some you know, hugely successful people on this planet who um, typically wear the same clothes every day. Oh. Because when they go to, you know, the wardrobe in the morning, it's just I don't want to be making a choice here because that takes time and focus and energy. So I'll just pick the black T-shirt or the polo neck um, what was it? The uh, the turtleneck sweater that yeah. Steve Jobs used to wear, and it was it was just it was there was no thinking about it. And I think you know Zuckerberg does the same, doesn't he? It's the same kind of habit, isn't it? That you then sort of go into, and then it just becomes natural. It's just something that takes no time at all, and it's not a distraction. Do, do you think with consistency, it's, it is about kind of eliminating distractions that don't serve us? Is that is that kind of part of the equation? I would say so. Yeah. The, the other, one of the under either under focused on maybe underappreciated thing about consistency is you get way better at something way faster because you just have more reps. You just have a longer time spent in the arena. So this was always my thought. Couple things. I didn't feel confident as a podcaster until 150 episodes in. So I, by no way, was a gifted speaker or a really good communicator, or, and none of that. A great host, none of those things. I just kept going long after I said, wow, this really sucks. I don't know if I'm ever going to be good at this. So I just tried to keep going because I, I really wanted to do it. But the, the beauty of consistency is you might learn something on level one that you use. You don't use it on level two. You don't use it on level three. You might not use it until level 25. But if you're not consistent over the long period of time, you never get to level 25. And then five years down the line, you say, yeah, I used to be a podcaster. Or yeah, I used to be a business owner. Yeah, I used to go to the gym. When you left so many lessons on the table that you didn't even know you were going to use. I'm using things today that I probably learned three years ago. It just, it never landed until now. So I think that's another really big piece of it is when you're consistent, you get all sorts of different abilities. You get different opportunities. You get different awareness. And then that different awareness helps you be more consistent. It's almost like the more consistent you are, the more beneficial all of the time you spend or spend being consistent is. It almost multiplies because you become very aware of what matters and what doesn't. And I think consistency is such a buzzword and it's a sexy word, but there's so much that goes into it. There's just a lot of layers underneath it. Mm, it feels that there's a level of, yeah, kind of self-awareness, mindfulness, whatever word you want. And again, there's more buzzwords there, but yeah. you know, th these things are relevant, I think, and real for a lot of us right now is that moment of 
I just need to be present. I just need to kind of be in the moment because I know in an hour's time, I've got another moment scheduled and it's going to look very different to this one. So I just got to enjoy this moment now, much as I'm enjoying, you know, having this conversation with you. And it's, it's kind of like the rest of the world, it just doesn't matter in the moment because we're here, we're locked in, we're doing this thing. And I think that is, again, part of it, isn't it? Is that that kind of sort of building of, yeah, kind of reflection in those moments, because without that, you don't necessarily then spot, as you say, you know, those learnings that you're going to see at every step in the journey. Yeah. And then you can't, you're missing it, aren't you? And it's a shame. Yeah. Well, it happens. Consistency happens by it just happens by design. I'm terrified of planes. I don't understand it. I don't understand how something that heavy and built from metal can fly through the sky. It doesn't make any sense to me. I understand the physics, yes, but I don't know. Something's weird about that. Why are planes one of the safest forms of travel? They rely so heavily on the systems. They rely so heavily on the design of every time before we take off, we do this and we check this and we check this and we check this and we check this. It has such a good design where the discipline doesn't have to be as high because there's such a good design. I think that, I don't think that people are undisciplined. I think that discipline is harder now ever because there are so many distractions. And if you don't know that you're actually setting yourself up for a lack of consistency with your design, it almost becomes this cycle that's really, really hard to break because I think our natural tendency is to say, I don't know, I just, I'm not disciplined enough. I just can't do it. When the alarm goes off, I don't want to do, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do it. Okay. What would happen if you put your cell phone in the living room? That, that is a design. You're going to have to get up to turn it off. Then we rely more on the discipline of not going back to bed than the discipline of getting up in the first place. That has been very helpful for me in the past where when I was struggling, I, I don't have it with me, but my wife got me a watch that vibrates as an alarm clock because I get up at five and I don't want to wake her up. When I was struggling to get up on time, I would take my phone, I would put it in the office, and then I would set it for 15 minutes later. If I go back to sleep, my phone is going to be going off and it's going to wake my wife up and that's going to defeat the whole purpose of what I'm doing in the first place. So sometimes we can create a design that forces more necessity so we don't have to be as disciplined in the first place. But a lot of it, to your point, is it's self-awareness. Where am I struggling? What motivates me? What's important to me? What is going with the current? What is going against the current? A lot of it starts with having deep conversations with yourself. Mm. I'm curious now, the way that you're kind of describing the, I guess, the motivation behind you know, people who are consistent. So, you know, you're super consistent. You're right at one end of the the spectrum here in a really, really positive way. Great outcomes. It's all working. Do you feel that the fuel or the energy for, for this kind of consistency comes from getting away from a struggle, if we could call it that, or it comes from something shiny and golden and rewards and success <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum? Or is it both? Kind of where would you say most people, and you speak to literally thousands of people, so overall, where would you say most people's driver comes from? Is it getting away from something or is it being drawn towards something? Most people, I think it's lack of loss. People, more, most people are willing to do more to not lose something than to gain something, is what I've seen. I don't know if it's investment bias or whatever it may be. 
I would say for us, it's a little bit different where it's our goals that force us to do what we're doing. If we decided tomorrow, you know what, we just want to have a quote unquote successful podcast and a successful business, we could stop grinding the way we're grinding, but the goals dictate the outcome. The goals dictate the type of person you must be. For us, that's really, that's the big driver. Again, very privileged to have the opportunity to work from my pajamas every day and stay home and and be on amazing podcasts and have conversations with amazing humans like you. I'm very blessed and privileged to have that opportunity. For me, I'm not running from the stuff I used to be running from. Things are different now than they were six years ago. But it's almost like the more clear I get on what's possible for us, the more necessity there is because I didn't believe any of this was possible in the beginning. And now that I'm seeing the fruits of what has actually happened, it's like, oh, wow, what would happen if I just believed in it for the next 10 years? That could be weird. So I have seen that many of us are more willing to do something to avoid the loss of something than the gain. I would say we're on probably the other end of that spectrum now. But in the beginning, when I was broke and I couldn't pay my bills, I was running from that. Now I think we're running more towards impact, towards mastery, towards profitability than ever before. Mm, I, I was going to ask you a little bit about the, um, I know we've used the word struggle here, um, but I was going to ask you a little bit about that, if, if you don't mind going there just for a little while. Um, just because I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people listening to this who you know potentially are, are struggling, um, either financially or in relationships or just understanding what the heck's going on in the world right now, because it's a lot of uncertainty and fear, you know, economic and yeah. you know, social, lots of unrest in, in so many different ways. Your, your kind of backstory, going back to the struggles that you talk about, I mean, clearly the outcome is in, is in a lovely direction, but I'm, I'm sort of I'm curious to explore that transition from, I'm guessing, what my, must have felt really quite um, challenging, maybe even demotivating at times, you know, back then, to kind of where you are now. Describe that kind of that journey. I mean, where, where were you? What was, it, what was happening in your life then? And then how did it kind of transition to a more kind of, as you say, goal-orientated <laughs> position? Well, it's, it's very interesting, my, my whole story in general, because I don't think there was a lot of hope for me in the beginning. So I was raised, uh, a quick backstory, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother, lower middle class. We didn't have a lot of money. I didn't know my dad. I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. I didn't grow up in a family that pushed college. So in high school, I knew pretty quickly I wasn't going to go to college. It just didn't make any sense to me. I did not like school. I'm not doing another four years. Not a chance. So I stayed back in the town that I grew up in and I was pumping gas at the local gas station. And I just jumped from there to a personal trainer. I cleaned hospital toilets and floors, truck driver, forklift operator, construction, tiling. I did many, many, many different things. And eventually I got a very unique opportunity in an industry called weatherization. And all that means is we would go into large buildings and make them more energy efficient. So I went from making $15 an hour to making $60 an hour. And I remember in my, in my mind, that was it. I had found my career. I was going to do this forever. Fast forward a few years and I end up making the most money I ever had, but feeling very empty, very unfulfilled and realizing that I'm trying to use achievement to mask inner voids. 
Fast forward another year, I end up sitting on the edge of a bed contemplating suicide because I am just so miserable. I'm so empty. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. Then I end up leaving my job. So I went from making $100,000 a year to making $0 and going all the way back to the brokest I had ever been. But I finally felt like I was actually doing something that mattered. So as weird as it sounds, I was the most fulfilled when I left my job and I was proud of what I was doing. I was proud of what I was creating. I felt like I was making an impact on the world. That fulfillment was amazing, but I learned very quickly how naive I was to this whole business thing. So in the very beginning, yeah, I was quite literally trying to make enough money to get to the end of the week and then get to the end of the month and then do the same thing the next month. And I remember just living on credit cards. I was $30,000 in credit card debt. I remember getting to a point where my car broke down and I literally couldn't get it fixed and it was stalling. Every stop sign, every red light, it would just shut off like a scene from a movie. It was brutal. My brakes went, I couldn't get those fixed. They weren't working. I couldn't get an inspection sticker. I couldn't pay for my car insurance. And at one point I got sent to collections. I came across the notice the other day when I was cleaning out my, my old files. So yeah, in the beginning, I loved what I was doing in terms of podcasting. I hated the lifestyle it was creating because I was I was really struggling to the point where I was having pretty consistent panic attacks because I was so far outside of my comfort zone. So in the very beginning, I was running from failure. I wasn't running towards success. I was running from failure and I was trying to I was trying not to get left behind. I was trying to learn enough to keep going. I was trying to survive. And that really was what was driving me at that point. Starting over was really, really, really hard. And I have empathy for anybody who is doing it and or planning on doing it. Because in the beginning, you get very little results and you put in a lot of effort. So that was the, that was the beginning for me. That was the first two and a half years, three years were really, really, really challenging. Mm. Do, do you find that the purpose, that kind of that drive that clearly you have, you're, you know, you're a motivated person. I, I can tell just with the, the passion and the energy that you talk about this, and it's great. You know, it's, it's really um, sort of infectious. And I'm sure a lot of people are picking this up, which is lovely. It's really good. Do, do you find that having gone through that journey, you know, you're beginning with struggle, let's just continue to use that word. But in time, you start to kind of realize, hmm, there's actually this kind of, um, I often call it the North Star, you know, this kind of calling direction that you're feeling drawn towards. And then you see that transition between moving away, as you say, from the negative and towards the positive. Do you find that within that journey, that is where the kind of higher purpose that maybe you and maybe others would have on their journey becomes clearer? Or is it something that was always there, you just had to untap it? I'm just really curious as to where you feel that purpose lies and how does somebody find that really within their own journey? Yeah, I think I'm blessed because I do think I've had that since the beginning because I wouldn't have kept going if it wasn't about the purpose. I wouldn't have left my job. I wouldn't have done most of the things I did if it wasn't about impacting people. I never started this for the money. I just realized pretty quickly, well, I need to be able to pay my bills. That was that was it. It was just kind of one of those things. I think that, so this is, this is what I have found. 
and it makes sense to me now, I hope whether you're watching or listening, it'll make sense to you. I believe most of us have an understanding, more of an understanding than we give ourselves credit for, for our purpose. Most of us want one of two things. We want to help someone avoid something that was really challenging for us that we figured out. So we kind of want to be the person that we needed. That's one. Or you want to improve something in some unique way. So maybe your purpose is to clean up the environment so you recycle more, right? You want to better the planet so you recycle more. Maybe that's part of your purpose. Or maybe you're a coach who helps people who are going through divorce because when you were going through divorce, you felt like nobody was there for you and you kind of figured it out by yourself. What I think now more than ever is the vehicle is the thing that's the hardest to find. I've always loved helping people. Always. I've always loved helping people. When I was a captain of my baseball team, we used to do these training camps with the younger kids. Loved it. I remember I was relationship coaching when I was in my early 20s, even though I didn't study anything about relationships, but I felt like I understood it. Personal trainer. I was helping people build habits long before I knew how to build habits myself. I've always wanted to help people. Once I started the podcast, I saw the vehicle. It became realistic. I can do, I can add value to this type of person in this unique way. And that really closed the loop for me of, oh, this is what I'm going to do. So that's really what I've seen, Neil. A lot of people say, well, I know what I want to do. It's just not realistic. I don't think that's a purpose thing. I think that's a vehicle thing because it doesn't really seem realistic to be a podcaster like I am some days. If I said that to myself seven years ago, I'm going to be a full-time podcaster. I don't know if I would have believed it, but as you do it long enough, the purpose connects with the vehicle and the vehicle starts to materialize. I would argue that that's where a lot of us get stuck. Say you want to, I have someone in mind right now that's a photographer, loves taking pictures, has taken many pictures for me. They have their purpose. They probably want to Take somebody's happiest day and turn it into a memory that can last forever. That's their purpose. The vehicle is, well, how the hell am I going to make money as a photographer? I got to build up my portfolio. I think that's a bigger thing than, than we give credit to, honestly. Mm, that differentiation between vehicle and, and purpose, I think, is mm. really profound. You know, I, I just have to say thank you on behalf of everyone listening here because there's a real clarity there about the difference between, you know, your calling, you know, the ultimate reason why you are on this planet as a human being and actually what you do and the activities that you do day by day. And you could have a purpose that transitions throughout your life through multiple vehicles. I mean, it's like actually having a physical automobile, isn't it, really? But yep. you're, not, you're not going to be driving necessarily the same automobile for the rest of your life. You're going to have multiple vehicles. So, but the purpose can be consistent. The one thing that kind of came through there when you gave those examples was service and actually serving others in a variety of ways from the fitness to the podcasting to the coaching to the relationship advice. Lots of different examples there. But the core thing was service. Do, do you think that actually if more of us really thought of our purpose in those terms rather than I just need to make more dollars or I just need to you know buy that bigger car or you know get into a certain type of relationship because all those things obviously those things happen when everything aligns don't they so do, do you think a lot of us get too caught up in the vehicle 
and and the process rather than actually thinking, look, if I define my purpose and then I'm just mindful and I just listen and I watch, the vehicle will arrive to carry me to the next part of my journey. It's it's a great question. I don't know because I feel like I got lucky when I found the vehicle. I didn't design I didn't design the vehicle. I was I was interviewed on a podcast. And at the end I said, Imagine if you could do that for a living. That hour and a half went by in what feels like five minutes. And someone said, well, you can do it. And that for me, it was like, oh, that's a vehicle presented, presented vehicle. Interesting. Let me, let me check that out. I think it's very hard to take that big of a step back to understand that the money in your bank account right now is the realest thing in the world, but also not at the same time. And the purpose in vehicle, depending on where you are in your journey, might seem very far away. So I think it's really hard to connect those two things. And I think a lot of it has to do with the level of belief that you have, not just in yourself, but what's possible for you. How competent are you? How figure outable is everything that you're trying to do? I would argue that if you have a very high level of self-belief in yourself, you're probably able to bridge the gap a little bit faster. So my business partner, Neil, I have never met anybody who has the level of self-belief that this man does. It's delusional at times, but in a good way. He, for him, he knew all this was going to happen. So it's almost like his certainty was so high, it wasn't as big of a gamble. Where for me, I'm gambling it all. I'm all in. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't even know what cards I have, but I'm going to go all in. I think there's something to that. If you're somebody who has a very high level of self-belief, it might not seem as much of a gamble. So when you find the purpose, when you find the vehicle, you might be able to connect, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to build my life around. If you struggle with self-belief like I did, I think it's a little bit more challenging to actually make it quote unquote believable. That's probably the best way I could put it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it is really, really interesting, isn't it? That that kind of confidence thing, because, you know, I, I see a lot of people I talk to either through the podcast or a lot of my clients and that they're varying levels of confidence and, yeah. and you just think, oh, I, I can see it. And, and you just wish I could just give them this pill that would give them the confidence or, you know, you could just kind of almost show them the outcome that you just know as an outsider is there. I mean, do, do you, I mean, if you think back to your kind of personal training and the, all the fitness side of things, you, you must have seen that where you think the potential in that individual is so high I mean, how do you then, if you are coaching, if you're providing service, how do you almost instill that belief in somebody that you've got it? You know, you really have got it. Just trust me. I can see it as an outsider outside of you. I can see you've got it. I mean, how do you do that? Because, you know, I guess we can all sort of think of people in our lives who, you know, we just see the potential. And wouldn't it be great if we all did it for each other? Because then the world would be a better place, wouldn't it? How do you do yeah. it? I think it goes to borrow. You let someone borrow your belief and you help them take a new action. That's why I love motivational videos, uh, motivational podcasts, motivational music, whatever it is, but they don't necessarily facilitate change. They facilitate inspiration and motivation, which is great, but that's not an everlasting change. That's not an identity shift change. Best story I have for this. There was a young lady who was listening to the podcast and she reached out to me on Snapchat back in the day and said, Kev, 
I am at school and I feel like such an outsider because there's all these people having conversations, but I'm so afraid to walk up to them and be a part of the conversation. I'm so afraid to start conversations with people. What do I do? And I had a lot more time at this point, Neil. So I wasn't, I wasn't as spread thin as I am today. So I said, well, you live close to me. You and I have talked on Snapchat for a minute. Let's go to the mall. I'm going to meet you at the mall and I'm going to help you approach strangers. Now, right there, that's something that that person wouldn't normally do. So that's completely outside of their comfort zone, but not so far outside of their comfort zone that they won't do it because I'm going to be there with them. So I meet this young lady at the mall. We go to Starbucks. I need a little liquid courage. I need some caffeine running through my veins if I'm going to be able to do this. And we go into this store that sells bean bags. And I said, all you have to do is walk up to the person at the counter and ask them how much that bean bag costs. And she's like, no, 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 it's going to be weird. And I said, no, 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 this person's probably bored. They're waiting to have a conversation. I promise it will go better than you think. And I'm right here. If anything goes wrong, I'll carry the conversation. It just, I'm just injecting belief, injecting belief. She has that conversation. It goes really well. We go to the next store, do it again. Next store, do it again. Next store, it's a little bit easier for her to do it again. So then we've kind of conquered that level. Then we go to the food court. Okay, ask how much you get with this. Ask how this is cooked, blah, 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 blah. Then we leave the food court. Then she starts a conversation with somebody on the escalator. So she's building confidence, building confidence, building confidence. Eventually, we are getting ready to leave that day. And we're walking out. And there's these motorized zoo animals on wheels that you can rent and drive around the mall. And she said, if we were really brave if we were really confident, and she said this, not me, I didn't want to do this. She said, we would rent those and we would ride them around the mall. And I have a video on my phone of us riding them around the mall. That day, all I did was say, let's go do something that you probably would never do by yourself because you've convinced yourself you're not capable of doing it. Follow my lead. I will walk in front of you in the snow. You just follow my footsteps. Your feet won't even get wet. Then eventually, I'll let you start walking in the snow by yourself. And then eventually you're going to be leading the charge and I'm going to follow you. After that, she ended up going back to college, even though she didn't believe she was smart enough. She got a 3.9 GPA. She came and worked on our team for several years. And then she moved across the country from a small town in Rhode Island to chase her dreams. A lot of that is because she just borrowed belief in the beginning. It proved to her that she's capable of something that maybe she didn't think she was. It's almost like it's almost like you're lifting someone up and you're showing them a perspective that they've never seen before. So now they know it exists at least. And then they can figure out, well, how do I get that perspective by myself? And then once they do, then you can see more stuff. And it's kind of that that rinse and repeat. So long story, super long. I would say you let someone borrow your belief, but you teach them how to fish for it. You let them borrow it, but you also teach them how to cultivate it. And usually it's doing the things that are just outside of your comfort zone. So you get results that you would never get. You get proof that you would never get. You get feedback that you would never get. But you also get an experience that you never would have gotten that hopefully locks in the fact that it's worth doing again. Such a great story. And I guess it kind of introduces the whole idea of you've got to want to be, well, not want to be, but you, you need to accept that vulnerability is key here because you you've got to go to those uncomfortable places Definitely. those places that you swore you'd never go to but actually I've got to go there 
It's, I mean, is vulnerability really important as part of that process? It feels like it is. Well, asking for help is a very vulnerable place. That's one, right? I think, I think vulnerability is really living in the truth. So someone saying, I'm really afraid of what we're going to do. That is just a level of vulnerability that is very hard to get to, but it's a level of truth worth having. Because if you have the other person who is the right person and they're on the end and they say, Oh, I completely understand. I promise you're going to be safe. I remember my first time jumping out of a plane and how scary, how scared I was. I promise it's going to go better than you think. That could relieve that versus someone saying, I'm not afraid of anything. Nothing bothers me. You couldn't offend me if you tried. Then you say something to them and they get offended and that wrecks their entire day. When in reality, if they were just honest with you from the first place, you could approach that conversation or that feedback differently. Vulnerability is living in the truth. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so challenging. And it is, it's necessary for change. It's necessary for transformation. It's necessary for growth. Because if you do not admit to yourself vulnerably that you don't enjoy where you are, or you haven't made the amount of progress you want to make, or you're not super excited about your future, it's gonna be very hard to admit that to somebody else. So vulnerability starts at home and it is very, very challenging, but also a pillar to growth, evolution, and transformation. Yeah, for sure. Mm, and these, this combination of all of these things, I guess, is, is you know is the ultimate key to this this consistency that we began with. And I think you know without each of these little ingredients in this recipe, it's it's going to be hard to kind of see that consistency play out. So yeah, I get it. I understand. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this who are thinking, "This is great, Kevin," but. I actually need your help. I actually need you to be able to support me. I need to be listening to your podcast. I need, do you do any kind of courses? You've got a book, you know, kind of just teach me, teach me this stuff. <laughs> what, what would you have to offer to people? Yeah, I always, I don't know, we're weird with this. I always say, listen to the podcast because if you're tight on money, if you're tight on time, whatever it may be, maybe you're new to self-improvement, just search Next Level University. We're on YouTube, we're on all the platforms, so we'll come up. And then we have a ton of free stuff. We have a ton of paid stuff too. But our entire business is built on, no matter what your self-improvement set point is or your financial set point is, there's somewhere for you. That's really our goal. So we do free meetups every month on Zoom. We have free courses. We have group coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. But I think the best place to start is the podcast because we do an episode every day, so you'll either like it or you'll get sick of us very quickly. And I think that's probably the best place to start. And that's just the greatest filter because then you know you've got people who resonate and really yes. get it and they, they are on the journey. That's so exciting. Thank it's you. It's great. And, and I, I guess th there's no way you could have done 1400 episodes unless you're like 100 years old, unless you're doing it every day. <laughs> so, you know, again, there's consistency, people. You know, Kevin doesn't just talk the story. He's actually living and breathing this. So... This, this has been just such a great conversation. I, I've been looking forward to this one. We, we booked this in quite some time back, and I, I just was thinking this is going to be something special in here. Thank you. So I, I've really enjoyed it. I really appreciate your time, Kevin. It's been so Likewise, good. Neil. Likewise. I appreciate you. I appreciate the work you're doing. I appreciate the questions, the research. You're a wonderful host, and the listeners are very blessed to have someone like you at the helm. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah, you really are. That has been great. Thanks again. Of course.